Welcome to our market update from the Property Podcast. I'm Rob D here with Rob B on Friday the 22nd of May. We've got loads to talk about this week but before we get into that we've got our little tradition for how we start these episodes. So Rob how are you feeling today? I'm all right thanks Rob. It's been a busy week so I haven't really had a chance to feel <laughs> not be particularly emotional one way or another. Um, so I know that's not a great answer to your question, but I don't mind being busy. That's okay. It keeps you focused and busy and, and productive, and that's how I like it. How are you? Really good, thank you. It's been a really good business week. There's just been completely unconnected to what's going on in the world, but there's just been lots of positive stuff happening, getting good results on things that we've been working on for a long time. And it's really pleasing to have that happening at a time when it's more difficult to get things done because the team is dispersed and encouraging as well that you're busy because if you're busy, it means that things are happening. And I think it's always better to be busy, but now in particular, it's you definitely want to be busy rather than sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Definitely. And part of the reason we are busy is because we're podcasting a lot at the moment. Like this is an extra show. But the podcast we put out yesterday, which looked at the future of property, and we discussed whether there'd be a boom or a bust, it's only a day later as we're recording this. But the feedback's been fantastic. The The amount of people who've commented in different ways or emailed in to express their opinion, not necessarily always agreeing, but just the reaction, the fact you get a reaction from your content, I think, is a good thing. You don't need everyone to agree with you, but... It just seems that a lot of people have enjoyed the fact that we're covering subjects like this. Yeah, definitely. And I was a bit nervous putting out yesterday's podcast because it was running a bit contrary to what most people would think. It was a bit bold, like we said at the time. And as well as the stats being good, I've had some nice messages from people I know, people I respect, not agreeing with every aspect of it necessarily, but not not saying you maniacs, what the hell are you talking about? Which is really good because like we said, we've read a lot. We've talked to each other a lot about this kind of things. And we've kind of built this argument in our head i didn't really know if you're coming into it cold without any of that background if you just listen and go what are they talking about but it seems that the people are at least willing to entertain the version of the future that we're talking about yeah and it's also a bit different there's a lot of people just saying the same things and different doesn't mean right but it's not really bold just saying the same as everyone else and we don't believe the same as everyone else so we'll see if we're right, we've got a few years left to go. But just getting lots of feedback has been fantastic. And I must mention, actually, we covered on the market update a few weeks ago some feedback we got criticising that we stray away from property. And that person was actually kind enough to review their review and turn it back to five stars and edited their response. And I really respect that. They appreciated what we said in return. And not only that comment's really nice, lots of other nice comments coming in on iTunes and YouTube, etc. So just thank you, everyone. It's really nice. We do read them and we are only human. So when we read these nice things, it does give us a lift. Yeah, it definitely does. One of the things that we talked about on the podcast yesterday was around unemployment. I was saying that for me, that was the great unknown at the moment. And that's the main reason why... I'm withholding judgment really on which way things are going to go. And that's the reason why I'm reserving judgment until later in the year on which way it's going to go. I think it's more likely that all this shock and the trauma will be short-lived and will go into a boom rather than a depression. But it's hard to say with any certainty until we've got more clarity on some of the big factors that are going to influence that direction and for me unemployment is the big one the point I made was at the moment you can't really see how bad it's going to be in the UK at least because you've got the furlough scheme and does that mean that everyone goes back to work in a couple of months and it's like the whole thing never happened or is this just deferred unemployment and you're suddenly going to get millions of people dropping onto the job market in the autumn 
I was kind of reflecting on this a bit yesterday, Rob, and thinking about our business and thinking about other businesses who I've either heard on podcasts or business owners that I've spoken to. And those conversations and those thoughts have led me to be reasonably optimistic about what is going to happen. Because if you think about our business, we've said on the podcast before that we furloughed some of our team. So take, for example, the lettings team. There was a period of time when you could not do lettings. So therefore, it doesn't make sense having anyone sitting around to show properties because you can't show properties. So we furloughed that part of the team. But when we did that, we knew for sure that they would be coming back. And had the furlough scheme not been there, would we have suddenly made them all redundant? No, we wouldn't have done. We would have found other things for them to do in the business. But as we said on the podcast at the time, the responsible thing to do for the safety of the overall business was to take the help that was offered to make sure that everyone was protected if things ended up being far worse than we thought they would be. And I've heard from other businesses who've done the same thing. Well, we know that there's going to be a a drop in demand and this help is there, so let's take it. So obviously there'll be loads of counter examples as well. But if there are examples like ours, then there will also be lots of others like ours. So to me, it seems like the fact that the furlough scheme exists gives businesses the option to play it safe. And therefore, they have played it safe in the way that we do. So what proportion of those furloughed workers are going to end up ultimately being made redundant? I don't think it's necessarily going to be as high as you might think. Yeah, and we're already seeing a different trend. We've slowly started to bring people back off furlough. We only furloughed about 20% of our team. And fortunately, the last couple of weeks, we've been bringing back a person a week. And next week, we've got someone else coming back. So that's really positive. That's really good. And that gives that gives everyone in the, in the business, whether they're furloughed or not, a sense of encouragement because it's moving in the right way. But this will be happening around the country. And it's the same for me, Rob. The business owners I've been speaking to are broadly positive. I will counter it, though, in the interest of balance, because I think it's going to be sector-led. And this is what I touched on a little bit on the podcast yesterday, that the travel and tourism industry, the hospitality industry, and other similar industries are going to suffer. And that's probably where we'll see the redundancies. So I know you're not saying unemployment's not going to go up. It obviously is. But people are thinking it's going to be horrific. But the positive thing of that, and I know unemployment is not a positive thing, but the positive thing that you can hold on to in the future if you are in one of those sectors is those sectors are also very quick to hire. Of all the sectors, they're the ones to probably bounce back more quickly as well. So if this had happened to the finance industry or manufacturing, then to lose those people and then to bring them back is a much slower process. And at the moment, those industries, manufacturing, finance and others, seem to be okay. So it depends on how much damage those other people being unemployed and for how long they're going to be unemployed, I think will really play out to what happens in the future. Will those people find work elsewhere? Is there enough work elsewhere? Quite possible, actually, because we effectively had zero unemployment before this happened. Now, some people will be going, wait a minute, uh, the unemployment was a few percent. It was, but it's people between jobs, moving between jobs, not necessarily on long-term unemployment. And then, let's face it, there will be some people who just don't want to be employed. But there were jobs there. If, If people wanted jobs, they could find them. So there may be some capacity from the other sectors to absorb some of that, but these industries will need to come back. And hopefully they come back quickly enough that it doesn't hurt us now and we can come out of this, in the short term at least, relatively unscathed. 
Yeah, in case you couldn't tell, we really enjoy talking about this stuff. And I think we must have said on the podcast, we've certainly said between ourselves, it's really cool that because of this bad situation, obviously, but a happy side effect is that people are interested in hearing about economics all of a sudden. And I've had a few emails from people this week saying that they're enjoying the type of episodes that we're doing at the moment and want more economics, which is music to my ears. So we're definitely going to capitalise on that. So next week, we've got an episode coming up about the property cycle. And we're also going to do one soon about uh, inflation and deflation. And a topic that you'd probably struggle to get people interested at most points in time. So why not do that now? Particularly because it's such a conversation at the moment, like everything that's happening in terms of demand and supply chains and government responses to what's happening is that inflationary or is it deflationary there are people on both sides who are making very convincing arguments but coming to completely opposite conclusions so that's something that i found interesting over the last few weeks and something that we'll be feeding into an episode soon as well yeah it's great that people are resonating with economics because they're now seeing how much it impacts their their lives like it's so important bill clinton famous tagline of his when he was running for president was it's the economy stupid and what he meant by that is it's all linked to the economy health service whatever if the economy is not in a good place then none of that happens so we can have all these strong beliefs on how the country should be run but if we don't have a strong economy then it doesn't really matter so economics is really important because if you understand what's happening you can understand what's happening to the country but also to yourself and inflation deflation i've never talked about really it's not one you get at dinner parties is it Hmm, inflation let's chat it's not gonna happen but if you understand it you'll actually then understand how much of a huge impact it makes on your life it's massive so we'll definitely cover that at some point in the coming weeks and another huge impact on the economy rob if it happens will be negative interest rates. And that's why these shows are so important, because this is brand new news just out. And yesterday, the Bank of England started to sell their first negative yielding bond. So instead of getting paid money, money gets taken away from you. I know, mad, right? But there's something called negative interest rates as well. So if you put your money in the bank, normally you get paid interest and you make a little bit of money. Well, if negative interest rates happen, then if you put your money in the bank, then you could actually have a little bit taken away for leaving it there. And Rob... The concept of that is probably mind-blowing for a lot of people. But do you want to explain why it's so important and what it could potentially mean? Well, it's a bit mad, isn't it? When you think about it, it just seems so bizarre. Like like you've said, with the bond thing, for the first time ever, you are paying money to lend the government money. This has never happened before. They've never sold a negative yielding bond. In terms of negative interest rates, at the moment, all that the Bank of England governor has said is that he's not ruling it out. Previously, they have explicitly ruled out negative rates, and now they're not. So they're not saying it's going to happen. But the fact that it could happen for me, just shows how much more there is that governments and central banks are willing to do and able to do, prop things up and to encourage spending, encourage investment and keep things going. There's this kind of intrinsic assumption that zero is the, the limit. Interest rates are at 0.1%. They can't go any lower. Well, maybe they can. They do in other parts of the world and it could happen here. Now, it's obvious that even now getting close to 0% interest in your bank account, you're far more likely to spend that money or invest it than you are to just save it and keep it in the bank. If you're getting charged for keeping that money in the bank, then you're even more likely to go out and spend it. Now, individuals probably wouldn't end up getting charged if this happened. It's more that the actual banks would have to pay the central bank. But the mechanics of it are the same. The point here is that it encourages spending and investment. It gives that boost to the economy and it pushes asset prices up as do bond yields being zero or now even negative. If you would have bought bonds, some people aren't going to do that anymore. So they're going to buy stocks. That's going to push stock prices up. People who might have invested in those will now go and look look at other investments. These moves can have a major 
knock-on effect. And the point that we were making in the episode yesterday is that there is so much that governments can do and will be willing to do to try to keep the party going for as long as it possibly can. The chairman of the US Fed, Jerome Powell, said the other day, he explicitly said the quote was, they're not out of ammunition by a long shot. In other words, they've not just done what they're going to do so far and going to hope for the best. If conditions get worse, there's a lot more that they are willing to do. And this is mind-blowing, really, if you stop and think about it. Because if the coronavirus settles down and we can basically operate again, maybe we operate slightly differently, but we call it the new normal. Let's say they put these measures through, and they do this over the next few months, but then we establish our new normal by the new year. What do you do? Like, all that money, all that stimulus doesn't just go away. You don't flick a switch and go, right, that's all done now. It's going to go somewhere. And like you've touched on, Rob, it's going to go into assets. And they're going to make people feel wealthier because their assets are going up in price. And then people start to feel good and they start to spend more. So they're either investing in assets or they're spending more money and both create a boom. So 24 hours on after the podcast going out, I still feel pretty confident about our prediction. Of course, you know, we'll, as we said, we'll wait and see to the end of the year. And we could go into a big dark depression depending on how coronavirus plays out. But we said the most likely scenario, if we had to pick, is the boom followed by a bust in years to come. And based on what we've heard from the Bank of England and the Fed in the last 24 hours, we've got no reason to doubt that right now. Now, we have to be careful. Maybe we should introduce this as the confirmation bias section of the show. And that's why I really personally, I don't want to lock on to an outcome and really go, this is what I believe will happen, because then I will start just looking for things to support it. So I think it's healthy to keep an open mind and consider all the different outcomes. But this week, those are two such big hints I think about where this could end up going so I think that's a really good point Rob we have a view not a statement we're not saying this will happen we have a view of what is probably likely to happen based on how things are right now but it's useful to get other people's opinions don't just use our opinion as right that's the way it's going to be read people who actually go the opposite and say right it's going to be this terrible scenario I think it's good to balance I did this recently with inflation and deflation I have a view and I'll save for the podcast But I I went out my way to get other people's point of view who felt the opposite to understand their rationale and their argument for why they think one of those two scenarios is going to play out. And I think that's healthy to do. And it's actually something you said you were doing a while back. And when you mentioned it to me, I thought that's a really healthy thing to do because the biggest mistakes we probably make are when we get fixated on something without checking it. And this applies in so many areas of life, but you could call it deal bias when you see an investment and you do everything you can to go, right, okay, well, this is a great deal because I found all this information and start to ignore the negative stuff. It happens. It happens in all areas of life. So it's a really healthy habit to develop. I'm glad you gave me the nudge to work on this one. I'm far from perfect. But I think as a takeaway, we, we said a lot yesterday in the podcast. Maybe spend the rest of the weekend, if you've listened to it, trying to source alternative points of view and then come to your own view because that's all we did we just listened and read and absorbed all the information we could and then came to a view and that's that's the best thing that you can do right now and then once you form a view make sure you don't get too emotionally locked to it like rob's just said well i've really enjoyed this conversation and we're going to be talking about this kind of thing a lot more next week because we've got our episode on the cycle and i'm sure we'll be hitting on some of these themes in next week's market update as well and we love to hear your feedback on what we do so to do get in touch we're easy to find we're on all the socials at property hub uk so until we see you next on tuesday for ask rob and rob have a great weekend bye-bye bye-bye